Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And we are now into, I guess, the meat of... The first episode is done. We're now into the meat of the OC. And we're learning a little bit about what the first arc of this season will be. <laughs> Probably not the last one. I will say, uh, without spoiling where we're going to be going, we are about to meet two of the worst people in the OC. Oh my god! Oh my, they are so amazingly evil. I have, <laughs> you know... <laughs> and it's and it's not even the one who I'm pretty sure is actually a criminal. No, no. no. The other one <laughs> the, who has an extreme position of power. <laughs> well... I love how we're saying that we're going to do this entire thing without ever referring to the character. So there's the two characters, both who have a uh, position of power, but there's one person that we meet in this episode who might actually be a criminal. He doesn't seem as bad as the others. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is an interesting episode that we're going to get into. Uh, An episode that, you know, OC was like real good for the first two seasons. Yeah. Have they finally realized they're a CW show? I don't know. I think I think what they realized, they're like, man, we got to escalate. Where can we go? Last season, Marissa shot a man. <laughs> yeah. Although this show keeps insistently calling Trey a kid. This, this is true. They are, they, are, they, are, they are weirdly like, no, oh, Trey, what a sweet boy Trey is. This kid shot another kid. Like, that's, that's a grown man. <laughs> He's a grown man. He was allowed to have one beer. Julie Cooper said so. <laughs> yeah, he was like... He was 21 he like, at yeah, least. Yeah, he was 21. And he's haunted by the ghost of an overdose girl. He's a grown man. He's a, gr- he's a grown man that she shot and everyone's like, shot a kid. I shot a kid. And I'm like, you know... I, I didn't realize how, how much uh, similar uh, Marissa has to... Oh man, the guy from Dead from uh, Die Hard. You know he also Bruce played... Willis. No, no, no. The, the the cop, the black cop. He also plays a cop in um, uh, Family Matters. I don't have time for this. No, no. Kevin, I've never seen Die Hard. Oh uh, well, okay, then you're not going to get it. He's he's Bruce Willis's friend cop. You I... you were you're thinking of in Die Hard three when it's Will when it's uh, Samuel L. Jackson, not that one. I do understand that this is the greatest Christmas. Carl movie. Weathers, no, that's not Carl Weathers. Carl Winslow is his character from Fresh uh, Prince. No, Family Matters. Carl Wins. Okay, <laughs> I do know that it is a cop on Family Matters. I loved that show. Yeah, when it was on TLC. Nope, DJF. Is that was that a full like? Station TJF? No, TJF was on ABC on Reginald Val Johnson. Reginald Val Johnson. Oh my God! Have you watched the TV show? Al of, Powell um... was his character in Die Hard. Oh, and his backstory is: I shot a kid. Oh, he shot a kid, just like Marissa, who shot a grown man. Yeah, for everyone's like she shot a kid. So they're literally not the same at all. Mm. They're exact opposites. He's a short, chubby black man. She's a tall, thin blonde woman. He might be. Somewhat tall. It's hard to tell because he's because he's Reginald Val Johnson. He's always seen from the top of a tower. It's true. <laughs> and I I think the guy who plays Urkel is oddly tall. Maybe. Yeah. 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 You know, I I think he. I, is bet, one he, of I those... bet he is weirdly tall. Yeah. 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 Where you don't expect them to be tall, but then you see them next to another actor, and you're like, who's short? Who's tall? Somebody needs to uh, update the Family Matters Wikipedia <laughs> because it currently says uh, Carl Otis Winslow is a fictional character portrayed by Reginald Valgina Gina Gina 
on on ABC. Someone's having a goof with their friends. Yeah, someone needs. I I do like occasionally you uh, roll into some um some, some like flame Wiki, war. Someone knows in a Wikipedia, Wikipedia article where someone has you know nothing to do with Wikipedia where they just change something about it. You're like oh someone's gonna need to fix that. Yeah, no one's caught that yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure people are really updating that Family Matters wiki. So Kevin, yeah, TGIF was Friday nights during the late nineties. I, I yes, I just you. I was trying to figure out if you were saying it was like a, like a TV station, and it's not. No. It's just it's it part was, of like ABC. Yeah, well, they're, they're doing it again. But on ABC, it was like real hot. It was Family Matters, Step by Step, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and I remember Sabrina being part of Boy it. Meets World. And Boy Meets World, remember those two being. And then late, and I mean, it went through many evolutions. At yeah. one point, it was like Boy Meets World, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, um, Teen Angel. I remember Teen Angel. Teen Angel is a show that, like, man, is real sad, and they, but they, but they just put a laugh track on it. So that child died <laughs> he because he ate a burger he found under his friend's bed. Yeah. So people who don't know what Teen Angel is in the in like the first ten minutes of Teen Angel, the main character eats a burger they found under a bed, and then just the walls disappear, and he's just dead. And he comes back four months later, and his. And his best friend has been in a deep depression for four because months because he killed because he bet him to drink to, the yeah to it's eat the burger. <laughs> and, but that is you know what just a fun come. he does fun magic to help his friend. Oh, he's got to help his friend out if he wants to be a full angel and get his wings. And the mom is Marcia Brady from the New Brady Bunch, and the aunt is the housekeeper from Two and a Half Men, Conchita Farrell or whatever her name is. Yeah, who was the, who was God in? Dean Angel. I feel like he's someone who was I should recognize. Was it Morgan Freeman? No. <laughs> no. No, it wasn't. I feel like Morgan Freeman would be a great god. Okay. I mean, he has been god. Many times. Many times. That's sort of his thing. But mostly in um, Bruce Almighty. Yeah. 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 I, I, the, essentially, well, I think this is the only time he's ever been, like, actually god but people are just like oh he did very well with that i tried to look up who god was on teen angel and i typed teen god ron glass was god no he's god's cousin oh that's right we never met god yeah you're right sorry i forgot about that but no yes ron glass it was the guy from uh serenity that's why he was familiar yeah and then for a time the clueless tv show was on it which was actually really really good um alicia silverstone was too famous to be on it but they had rachel something who fans of um, Are You Afraid of the Dark would recognize. Ah. Rachel Blanchard. Cool. She was also um, Stacy in the Babysitter's Club movie. <laughs> I'm just talking about TV shows I liked in the 90s yeah, should now. We, should we go and like do the podcast that we're doing? <laughs> should we move forward should we, seven years? Should we move forward to what we're actually doing? We, we've been talking about TGI Fridays. <laughs> no, that, that, is, that is a restaurant. <laughs> a restaurant. It is TGIF. Well, when we get to one of the new characters of the episode, I will also tell you what TV show I once liked he is from. <laughs> All right. That was a bad sentence. Well, until then, this is The O.C. Season 3, Episode 2, The Shape of Things to Come. The Shape of Things to Come. So we're going to about to learn something about these boys, the, the, uh, Co- not Cohen. No. Yeah, yeah the Cohen the boys. boys. The Cohen boys, I guess, fired their housekeeper at some point. Yeah, they had a housekeeper, and they also don't know how to shop. 
<laughs> because the only food they have is super expired milk. And well, no, he, the, the thing he's like, hey, do you guys want cereal? I just found it. And I'm like, <laughs> Sandy, you know how grocery stores work. Like, like, the fact that they're not cooking is fine. Fine. But both Sandy <laughs> and Ryan the fact that none of the are the... canonically previous pores. <laughs> well, not even that. The fact that none of them comprehend just like go into a store buying like cereal and milk. <laughs> oh, no. The cereal that Kirsten, I assume, ordered from the grocery store yeah. and then had delivered months ago has finally run out but sandy found one box in the back of the cupboard well my favorite part of the thing though is that that they they do mention that kirsten doesn't actually clean that much but what they're what they assume is that because she's just not around so they, i guess they, no they, one's they, been in they contact are with just the cleaner. Not. <laughs> maybe that's it i assumed it was just the sort of thing like here's the thing when my roommates aren't around i have i just don't sleep because i don't have the conscious thing of someone else in the house being like, oh, I should be quiet. Oh, no, I should actually just go to bed. So you just don't know day and night? Yeah. Okay. So it's all you can say is that they're like, when Kirsten's not around, they just don't even think of cleaning. It's also been summer, so maybe they just don't... The boys don't know day and night, and no, they but, don't have school. But here's the thing we know about Ryan. Ryan cleans. Ryan is the, probably the only person person in that house who cleans. So I think the real reason the house is a mess is because Ryan's been busy... Ryan also lives in a pool house, and I'm sure his pool house is impeccable. Yeah. Well, um, Sandy does offer them hummus when the cereal declines. When the milk does. Yeah, they want yeah. cereal and hummus. <laughs> but uh, the, the boys do sense a little bit of sadness from Sandy, so they're like, well, you know what? Even if we don't have breakfast together, we can have dinner together. Yeah, we'll get some steaks. And Sandy's like, huzzah! Oh, the doorbell. Yeah. Well, we should... Also say, this is registration for senior year. That is yes. the, that is the point of the scene we just riffed around for about three minutes. <laughs> registration for senior year is that day. I will reveal something to you. Yeah? While I watched the scene, my roommate came home from a week away, and she asked me if it snowed in Calgary this week, and I said yes, and I missed <laughs> the point of the scene. Ah, uh, it's registration for senior year. I realized that in the next scene. Well, that's because Julie arrives. And, and Sandy's like, nope. Yeah, Sandy does not give her an inch, reasonably so, because she is a monster. She did, in fact, frame his son I like, for shooting his brother. I like how this episode, it shows almost a light-sided um, manipulativeness of Julie, where she's like, no, this is about us. We have to work together. But really, she's just like, you're a lawyer. Help me. Help do a law. Do a law stuff. It's essentially the same as the episode where um, Veronica's like, you tried to kill Archie. And Hiram's like, water under the bridge. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, ah, oh, let's put this behind, we, we can put this behind us. And Sandy's like, no. <laughs> and Julie's like, but wait. Harbor would like to kick out both of our children. Well, actually, what it sounds like Harbor doesn't want to, the parents Yes, the want parents to. have in fact made a petition and have had meetings to expel Ryan and Marissa from school. Yeah. So, so what else is new for Sandy Cohen? Every yeah. year someone tries to kick his son out of that school. Though I feel like, <laughs> like, you get this in the actual meeting, uh... Julie's more than willing to throw Ryan under the bus. It's just because Marissa and Ryan, she's like, oh, man, so I can get Sandy in to help, and he's a lawyer. I'm just someone who made a magazine once, which is not around anymore. Because I don't work for that company anymore. <laughs> Even though the CEO is dead, so and, the, uh, and his daughter is in rehab, so I should be the only one working at the company. Because there's no other named... She has a job. She's the she CEO of that She was never fired as the CEO. No, she's still the CEO of that 
company. So the I fact think, that she has no money I makes she, no sense. I think she forgot. I think she forgot. To be fair, Cal kept telling her she had no job. <laughs> she is the CEO of an entire real estate company. And I mean, Christian's the one who kept it together. But who's keeping it together now? No one. Everyone just comes to work and they're like, so are we still a, still a job? Hey, guys. When pay came in on the 10th, did you get paid? Well, I assume they're all still getting, like, everything is running yeah. without them. So everyone's just going because everyone's getting paid. <laughs> like, have you noticed that the boss hasn't come in in, like, three months? And they're like, look, we're just doing our real estate stuff or magazine stuff or whatever we're doing this week. Well, and if there's one thing I know about major companies is they have, like, six-month plans. Yeah. So everyone's just, like, running out the six-month plan and hoping there will be a new one at the end of six months. <laughs> Can't wait for someone to be like, hey, Julie, can you come back to work? Anyone, anyone come anyone. back to work. Give us some deliverables. All right. Well, uh, we stop in with the four uh, friends. Our little kids, our grown adult kids, are at the diner. And Summer is talking about how they're doing everything this year for the last time. Summer is going to get very sentimental this episode. Uh, and she gets a little bit of, she gives like one of those classic, usually you see at the beginning of like teen sex comedies. was mm-hmm. like, guys, this is the last year of school. It's going to be the best year ever. Except for she's more sad about it. Which I cannot identify with because I, in fact, moved in my senior year. <laughs> well, I also can't identify with it because I was just like, well, I'm going to do this and we were riding to the university, so. Hooray. Later, dudes. <laughs> anyway, everyone bolsters Summer's sorrow by talking about how this will not be a sad year. It'll be the best year ever. Well, actually, one thing I do want to say about that um, is that I think a lot of the reason why you see it very heavy, especially in the States, is because the. Um, college culture is to move away. That's true. So for a lot of them, they this not only is this the last year, they're actually moving away. For me, like when I graduated, most of us were like, well, then we're going to go to the university <laughs> up the road. We're going up the hill. Gonna, yeah, because, yeah. Their residence is very small, and it's mostly for kids from Saskatchewan, so none of us are going to live there. Yeah, we're going to go up to the University of Calgary, or some people occasionally would go to, like, Vancouver or something, like, or mm-hmm. Ontario. But it's really... So, you were young in Ontario, but in Ontario, yeah. the expectation was... Not that you left Ontario. You are not allowed to leave Ontario. <laughs> but that you You're went... barely allowed to leave school. Yeah. But you went to a college in a different town, in um, Ontario, so you were expected to move out. Oh, I found that was that that when I was no. talk, talking to my friends here in Alberta, they're like, "No, we'll go to we'll go to the local university, and, be, and we'll get our stuff, and then I mean that's yeah. that's because we're in a big like city. Yeah, we're in a major city. It would be has different. A, has a university to it, but I mean they're in Orange County. I'm sure there's a university yeah. or I guess college there. But like literally, none of my friends. Lived away from home during university. Yeah. 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 Most of the, my friends I knew at university also lived... The one friend who I had who lived in residence, his parents actually lived in town. They just lived down in, like, DeWinton. And he was, like, too far. <laughs> I mean, that's, like, an hour drive every day. That is too far. I mean, it, I made that drive, but... Eh. <sighs> anyway. So, uh, it's time to see an old friend of ours. So, uh... We're at the school. Yeah. And uh, Julie is just, like, having some fun pacing around in the school. And in walks our good old best best friend. Dr. Kim. The snitch. The snitch. She's looking for some drama. Now, we do find out that Jimmy can't be at this meeting because he's working, which made me spit up my drink with laughter. Well, 
I don't know about you. I thought that was an excuse, and I'll have him in the episode. But it turns, turns out, out it's not. He we're will, wrong. <laughs> Jimmy will be in the episode. Julie thinks he's working. Sandy's there. Kirsten's in rehab. Jimmy is working. Yeah. And Dr. Kim is like, well, guys, I love Ryan and Marissa. <laughs> but more than that, I love drama. And there is almost a thousand, a thousand signatures on this petition to get them out of school. Yeah. So I guess every... Well, I mean, one, one, from, each par- one from each parent. But there can't be more than like 600 kids at that school. Mm, one from each parent. Three, three years, sophomore... Oh, no, four years. Okay. Still, this is like two-thirds of the school is like, nope. Oh, I mean, can you really... Like, this? The, the people aren't great. That's, <laughs> That's true. Well learned. Anyway, so she's like, yeah, no, here's the thing. I love drama, but here, but you can't see drama if you're in drama, so I'm going to outsource this. So the board, not me, the board <laughs> has decided to bring in a new dean of discipline, Dean Jack Hess. He's, wait, so, wait, what is his last name? Hess? Hess. I, I just wrote down Jack S out of the, like, are you going to tell us your full last name, or are you just going to be like, <laughs> my name is Jack S. And for those of you who also like to watch drama shows, you will recognize Dean Jack Hess from Ugly Betty. He <laughs> plays the son of the magazine owner and is a much more likable character. I assume the magazine owner is older. He is a Caleb Nichols type. Okay, so so the fact that he already is not old in this scene, but like an clearly adult. an adult. You, but- know, you know, much like how Trey was an adult. Barely an adult. He does have a little baby face. Um, anyway, he walks on in. And he's like, hello, Dean Jack Hess. I think that, that he comes in. He's clearly waiting outside for her to mention that because he he slides in and then stands there for a little bit to see if anyone insults him. And then Sandy's like, ah, excellent. You're the Dean of Discipline. As a dean, I acknowledge you would like to meet these children and get their side of the story. Oh, no, he doesn't. He has gotten everything he needs from reading paper. He's like, no, absolutely not. So he's like, well, you know, I've I've worked with troubled, troubled kids for a long time, so I find that you kind of have to meet them. And he's like, no, 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 I don't need to meet them. I have a master's education, and I worked at a boarding school. So I really understand kids from Chino. <laughs> I'm like... This what? guy is so bad at his job. If you ever wanted a bad dude from, like, first scene, it him. <laughs> Just, yeah, as soon as, as soon as he was like, look, I I have taken education and I have met kids in boarding schools. So that, I, know, I know what gangsters are about. People who have, like, you know, hormonal imbalances, you know, things that cause them to have depression... I get that. Well, I, no, here's the thing. Just from, from medium, I feel like he's the sort of the guy to be like, why are you sad? Don't be sad. Go outside and be less sad. Agreed. <laughs> he does not seem like anybody. He he doesn't want difficulties. I can't believe he, well, I mean, I can because I watched the episode. Yeah. But I cannot believe he does not want to meet the kids. No, he is, he is very clearly already decided to kick them out because he's like, I think I got everything I needed. I'll let you know what I decide tonight. <laughs> there is a there's a thing where he says that where uh, Doctor Kim like looks at uh, if effectively the camera, but looks at Julie and Sandy and yeah. goes, "Oh snap!" And Sandy's <laughs> like, "You know I'm a lawyer, right?" Oh my god, there has to be something I could do. <laughs> Law, help me. But the problem is that if there's anything we learn, there is a difference between school law and real law. And 
never the twain shall meet. No, no, there is a divide as big as the Bering Sea. So here's a scene. Jimmy Cooper walks into a restaurant. He seems real apprehensive. Real apprehensive. <laughs> he's apprehensile. Uh, he's got an apprehensile tail. And then he looks at the bar, and we see a sketchy man, and we know why he's apprehensile. <laughs> I like that this man... I mean, don't get me wrong. He's pretty sketchy. He also <laughs> sometimes does seem sketchy. All right, here's the thing about Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy hasn't even been in this series, and apparently he is still just a mess. So, this man, who we are supposed to think is sketchy because he has no hair. And, he's, and he talks to them like, oh, I can get people to solve this problem for me. And I'm like, okay. But it turns out, even though he likes Jimmy, even though Jimmy tests his patience, well, he gave Jimmy a lot of money to buy him a boat. And then Jimmy... Spent <laughs> that money on a stock tip. <laughs> no, no. Okay. A few things. <laughs> One... Maybe Jimmy just stole the money because of the same thing we know about Jimmy. He's real bad at money. He's also real bad at stocks. And, and two, what is, what is that process where he's like, okay, Jimmy, go buy me a boat. And Jimmy was like, okay, guess what? I didn't do what you asked me to do. I did something different instead. I lost all your money. So what is Jimmy's job? Is he boat salesman or like boat broker is he like a real estate agent for boats i don't know he's just so bad at money so (sighs) anyway this this is gonna be a storyline great jimmy cooper doing what season one jimmy cooper did yeah well uh we're gonna see a group we've never seen before because summer and uh Marissa are walking through the school talking about the social community. Yeah, Marissa has a giant binder, and Summer's like, why your giant binder? And Marissa's like, oh, I've been in contact with vendors all summer and doing my actual job to plan the kickoff carnival. Yeah, so social chair. So she actually has done a lot of things. She has a lot of contracts, legal binding documents in place. We're... This is this is a very weird storyline we're about to get into, and I don't know when to bring up thoughts about it, because it's just sort of the same thing happens over and over again. But I'm going to wait on my thoughts for a little bit. So anyway, they walk into that coffee student lounge yeah. place. And there's actually a social committee. Marissa doesn't do it by herself. But she does, because we saw this show. <laughs> well, yeah. So it turns out that um, several attractive blonde girls and one... Very energetic brunette. Taylor. Taylor Townstead, one of my most favorite people. No, I love Taylor Townstead. Oh, no. she's. I'm going to say it right now. I'm kind of on her side. Taylor Townstead is chairing this meeting because this entire summer, up until this exact second, she's been convinced that Marissa, A, will do nothing, and B, is not coming back to school. Yeah. So she also made legal binding contracts with vendors yeah. to throw the summer festival. Yeah. Kickoff carnival. Yeah, kickoff carnival. Everyone has feels. <laughs> That's the scene. Yeah. I mean, Taylor is not scared. Taylor's more scared of summer than Marissa. Marissa, who, it's weird to see, see a kid taunt someone who shot somebody. And Taylor does. <laughs> Don't you agree? Like... <laughs> Like, yeah, that's kind of weird. Well, I feel like Taylor knows Marissa well enough to be like, Marissa's not going to shoot anyone unless Ryan's around. (laughs) Marissa accidentally shot someone is what I imagine. Summer, though, will murder someone. So 
Marissa, I'm going to be mean to you. Summer, I'm going to not see you. If I don't see you, you can't shoot me. <laughs> Summer does give her a very good death glare, and Taylor's like, all right, I'll be stepping down now. <laughs> Marissa, have fun chairing this meeting. All right, uh, so Ryan is cleaning while Seth is making a rehab starter kit, even though his mom has been in rehab for months. And his rehab, start- his rehab starter kit is mostly books about musicians who went to rehab. <laughs> to give her perspective. Chuck Cloisterman, love him. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, this scene is mostly just, like, Seth trying to convince Ryan that you you have, like, to talk to Marissa about the whole shooting tray thing or else it will snowball. And Ryan's like, nope, absolutely not. I don't talk about anything ever and my life is A-OK. <laughs> mostly this is just foreshadowing for what's going to be the deal with this episode. But I like that Ryan finally gave up and cleaned that fridge. All right, let's check in with Kirsten, who is apparently checking out so uh she's doing all sorts of packing and in comes jerry ryan so charlotte is also leaving tomorrow i guess even though charlotte seemed no one nowhere close to leaving i'm not sure what charlotte's deal is with the rehab (laughs) i i i don't think she's a ghost But are you beginning to wonder if maybe she's not actually an alcoholic? I, no, I think she maybe. I, I don't know. I think she might just troll rehabs for booty, which is a re- which is the skeeziest thing that has ever happened on television. Well, and to be fair, I don't know a lot about rehab, but isn't rehab like you self check in? Can you self check out? Um. Yeah. yeah. It depends on rehab, because you have court-mandated rehab. And right. I, and I think hers is not technically... Well, so um, It's definitely not court-mandated. Yes. Um, I think it's voluntary. Yeah, no. Rehab... No, they can't keep you there if the court has not mandated you can do it. Essentially, the best they can do is like, hey, we really think you shouldn't leave. So I choose to believe that Charlotte was like, I too am over my alcoholism. Oh, no. I definitely think that's exactly the case. Anyway... She a stalker. Yeah, she... So she's talking to Kirsten. like, well, Kirsten, it's great that you're leaving, but I mean, oh, relapses happen. I should know. They happen happen to me all the time. Every time I leave, I have a rehab relapse, (laughs) except for this time where I'm going to my cabin. Away from any sort of support system. So my cabin will help me not relapse. Kirsten... (laughs) Maybe you want to come to my non-relapse cabin? Yeah, yeah, Kirsten, some strange woman's inviting you to come to her cabin in the woods. I mean, it's like Arrowhead, but... And Kirsten's like, yep. The... Man, this... Man, Kirsten's real easy to be manipulated in this in this episode. Um, Kirsten is maybe not ready to leave rehab. Well, she's not ready to just, like, go off into the woods. With... Here's the thing about when leaving rehab. When you leave rehab, you can't... I mean, no, you can't. When you leave it, you have to have, like, a plan set up with a doctor, essentially. Well, and and I... a lot of those plans involve um, reconnecting with family, family and a support system, going to meetings of sober people, not ducking off into the woods alone because that's where you drink. Yeah, because I can't imagine this doctor we saw last episode would be like, oh, I like rehabilitation plan. Yeah, do you, Kirsten, you and this person who keeps coming back should go off by yourselves into the woods. There's no way that could go wrong. (sighs) 
Well, Julie and Jimmy are going to have some dinner, or that's what I thought, until Julie gets there and orders 12 ounces of gin. And Jimmy is side drinking some wine. And then the bill comes immediately. Yeah. So we have, like, some short talk where, like, no updates on Marissa. Oh, Julie makes a lot of ironic statements about how everyone's so flush and everyone's so happy and lucky. <laughs> yeah. And then the bill comes, as yep. you said. So I guess they weren't having dinner. Like, Julie just sat down. They're like, well, time to get them the bill. And then Jimmy looks at the bill and is like, oh, my wallet's in my car. I can't possibly pay for this. I mean, even if his wallet isn't in the car, Julie, you are a rich person. <laughs> well, then we discover, apparently, all summer, they have just been putting <laughs> drinks and dinners on Caleb's tab. Which seems a little distasteful to me. It <laughs> also seems like, no, you can't just do that. Don't you have to pay off the tab at, like, the end of each month or something? Well, I mean, also, clearly, it's not Caleb's tab. It is Julie's tab. They and just she's going to pay with a keep, money. She just keeps calling it Caleb's tab. Anyway, they get a call from uh, Dean Jack, I guess. I actually think Dr. Kim has to break the news. Oh, you're right. It probably is Dr. Kim because when we when we pick up with Sandy where we finish the call, they're a lot more – whoever he's talking to seems a lot more responsive. Yes. But, but it sounds bad. And he comes on me like, well, don't we have any options? There There's no chance I can make an argument? I'm a lawyer, you know. <laughs> Look, this is so dumb. <laughs> and then he's like, well, I'm very disappointed, but I will hang up this phone now. Oh, then he goes out to where Ryan is at the barbecue. He's like, hey, Ryan. Oh, jeez, I don't know how to tell you this. And the, I'm getting kicked out. No. <laughs> You're fine. Marissa's getting kicked out, for she did the shoot. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, fair, fair. I guess. I, I mean, I assume Rock's going to get kicked out just because these people hate him yeah. so much. I'm genuinely kind of <laughs> impressed with the Harbor Board for being like, well, I guess he didn't really do anything. Okay, and here's the crazy thing. Later, we're going to talk to Dr. Kim. I think Dr. Kim convinced them. Yeah, because we talked to Dr. She, Hess later, and he's yeah. like, I tried so hard. Uh, All I wanted was to get you kicked out, boy. Uh, I hate you so much, boy. I know you're so bad, boy. I've never met you in my life, but, but I, I hate you. <laughs> he does say, I came to this town a couple weeks ago. I don't know who you are, but I hate these kids so much. <laughs> so that means Dr. Kim was like, Actually, Ryan Atwood's pretty good. Like, I mean, I, I what I think it probably was is that she was like, look, don't kick the kids out. And they're like, we have to kick at least one of them out. How about the one who shot someone? And she's like, this seems better than it. She looks, and also, Ryan actually is... Ryan's a great student. Yeah, he like, tries remember very the whole architecture thing? Yes. Remember when he made that horse? Yeah. <laughs> made a horse. <laughs> a bonfire horse. All right, uh... Sandy uh, takes a little visit to Kirsten, where, she, where he learns that she's getting out tomorrow. So he delivers her the care package, which, which they both agree is very weird. Yeah. And then he sees the suitcase. He's like, suitcase means you leave? And she's like, yes, I am leaving, but I'm not coming home. I was invited to like Arrowhead by another patient. And he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, cool, that all checks out. You can see on his face where he's like, something seems off here, but I don't know enough about I'm going to do some research. <laughs> All right, Sandy's got a Sandy. I'm just amazed the doctor has not I, evolved in this at all. Because the doctor cared a lot about Kirsten. I mean, the doctor is fine with her leaving, but I, I have. But once again, there's an exit interview. Yeah, you have to discuss your plans. Yeah, it's like, so wait, you're going to go off to the woods with Charlotte 
relapse lady. And no, get me wrong. Sometimes people do relapse, and it's unfortunate. But, but Charlotte may, really makes it sound like this is like she is constantly in and out and in and out. And undoubtedly, she must have talked about Sandy a lot at rehab. So you yeah. think they realize, like Sandy, Seth, Ryan, that's the good place to be. Well, uh, yeah, it's again a support system. Yeah, that's what you. That's what people people who are getting out of this and have gone through something like that. They do need people to support them. And that relies on the people who are supporting them to actually be supportive. But that's part of the process. And, like, very clearly, Sandy and Ryan and Seth are. Seth sent that weird care package. (laughs) All right. uh, The kids are going to head off to see Marissa. She's very sad, but they bring her bagels and horse friends. (laughs) And also an elaborate not plan to get her off. Oh, yeah. It's a Gerard's like, we're going to get you back. I don't know how. Marissa's like, Justice. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. But now that won't stop them. But they're not the only ones who have a plan. Well, Jimmy has been researching schools, and there are so many good schools in this area. <laughs> yep. But Julie says, no, she's not going to any of those. I have a better plan. We're going to give the school lots of money. I'm like, so much money. I'm they like, have to take her back. I'm like, ooh, uh, man, she does not know about that whole, um, <laughs> like... What is it? The people from Fuller... The woman from Fuller House who got arrested? <laughs> Aunt Becky? Uh, was she the one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, man. <laughs> Isn't You're... it unfortunate that the show was from 12 years ago? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, um... <laughs> uh, if only it? you knew. I know I'm sort of selling over you. It's because the words I'm getting out is that unfortunately that is how it happens. Because I think there was a fury thing about that whole process of where the, you know, people got arrested for paying money to get their kids into good school. Is we were all kind of like, well, yeah. Well, no. What I thought is that at one point, that that person from the school, like I think the school's lawyer, actually came and said, like, well, it's not like they donated a wing or did anything like that. Like, so you're so the problem is they weren't rich enough. <laughs> They were, like, how, a different rich. How dare these rich people pretend to be ultra-rich? And that's how you get your kids into school. I'm like, yeah, uh, cool. That's a cool thing we're all just going to let happen. Well, you know who's real dumb about that whole process? It's Jimmy. So Julie informs Jimmy that he has to write the check because she has no money. Because <laughs> yeah. she was waiting for that will. Yeah. And Man, that like, will's going to suck. You, you, know, you, know. you know she's getting nothing. <laughs> oh, it's all going to Kirsten. So Jimmy's like, oh, yeah, we got to pay for Marissa to get into the school. So if I give them, like, $2,000, that's pretty cool, right? And Julie's like, no, a boy at that school smoked pot, and they bought a football field and a whole library I do alcove. Like, I do like they're, they're not even just, like, uh, swimming pool. Oh, um, right. They're not even going to, like, donate something. They're just going to give them cash and be like, oh, daughter, and come on, that's how you, that's how you get arrested. Yeah. Be like, here's a bunch later. of money for a library. Wink. 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 Here's $10,000 for the Marissa Cooper Memorial Library. 100000 100000 You can't buy a library for $10,000. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's head back to the social committee. Where Taylor Townstead wants to hold a moment of silence for poor Marissa Cooper, who's <laughs> she, been kicked out of school. She starts off the meeting with this really spiteful... Yeah, but uh, in that moment of silence, here comes Summer. And Summer is having none of this. Summer wants to challenge Taylor for the chair of social committee position. <laughs> and Taylor... Okay, here's the thing. So Taylor starts... Is like, like, Summer, 
I've been doing all this work. Marissa is does other things, and then everyone gives her credit for like doing all the work. I am actually inclined to believe Taylor. So I believe very strongly yeah. that Marissa planned the three events we saw. <laughs> yeah. The kickoff carnival last year. The bonfire thing the ride made the horse for. Yeah. And the snow sea. But here's the thing I think... But I also believe there were like 17 other events that were not important to Marissa. Well, here's what I also believe. Remember how those episodes always happen and she's like... It's like the day beforehand. She's like, oh man, I gotta do all this stuff to get this thing prepared. And then, like, they'd be like, Taylor, like, yeah, does all this work. And then Marissa's like, oh, that's happening tomorrow? Okay, I'll get some of my friends to make some stuff. I'm just like... And Taylor's like... And I don't blame Marissa. Marissa just needs to realize she should step down. Yeah. <laughs> She's and got also, other stuff. Going. She has a whole committee to help her, so maybe she should just should have delegated. But, and <laughs> so Taylor, what's what you think? Like, I'm kind of on her side, which she's like, I put in all this work, but everyone's like, oh, Marissa, the social chair lead. Oh, cool. That's the problem. Taylor is very, very annoying, but I love her so much. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. There's moments where Taylor just like, Taylor, um, a little bit much. Simmer. But, but I mean, can you imagine going through three years of putting in all this work and everyone's like, oh, Marissa, you're doing such a good job. You know what? I bet Marissa was really, really good when they were freshmen. Yeah. And then for the past two years, ever since Ryan came... <laughs> It's just been Taylor. It's just it's just been Taylor. She's like, Marissa, please. Please just step down. So, so there's a backstory to Taylor Townsend that I'm very interested in. Anyway, Taylor informs uh, Summer that she is absolutely not invited to contest her for chair. Uh, so let's very quickly let's do uh, where Charlotte and Kirsten arrive at Lake Arrowhead. It's the perfect place to just get real drunk in the woods. And uh, Charlotte makes so many references to dads with knowing winks to <laughs> Kirsten. Um, and then, and then, then Charlotte's like, oh, you seem sad. You know what? Maybe maybe you should invite Sandy. And Kirsten's like, yes, absolutely, right now, please. And I'm like, man, Charlotte, you're going real Bolivar Trask on us. <laughs> the most Bolivar yeah, oh, that real. any woman has ever Bolivared. So, Aaron, Mm -hmm. what made you happy this week? This week, I got a new bed. (laughs) Do you want to go any more of that? Um, I did not want the new bed. I mean, I was indifferent to the new bed. Yeah. I did not want to get it today. I had a great many plans. My poor roommate got to have so much hilarity of everyone complaining about the bed. (laughs) But I got it, and it's very nice. Yeah. And I'm finally... So I've had the same bed since I was five. Yeah. I've had the same bed for like 28 years. So, I mean, it's exciting to finally get a grown-up queen-size bed that more than one grown adult can fit into. Because, like, sometimes my friends are tipsy and they want to sleep somewhere. And now that I have a queen-size bed, they can stay over at my house if they don't want to drive home. That works. Before they had to call Keys, please. (laughs) Uh, for those of you who are American, you probably have a similar service, but Keys Please is a service where two people come to your house, one of them drives you home in your own car, and then someone else follows behind you so that the person who drives you can go to the next location. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. So maybe the thing that brought me joy this week is Keys Please. Oh, maybe. Kevin, what brought you joy this week? Well, this weekend was uh, E3. 
Oh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, mo- today was a couple of conferences, but the mo- one that most important to me was that the uh, Microsoft uh, E3 conference went up, and <laughs> they they did some reveals for an g- upcoming game by CD Projekt Red, who did, like, The Witcher. It's an open-world hmm. cyberpunk game. It's called Cyberpunk 2077. They've been talking about it for a long time. Everyone's been looking forward to it. The point that I'm getting towards, and the reason that I'm mentioning it, is mm-hmm. actually because... Uh, they revealed today that one of the characters in Cyberpunk 2077 is played by Keanu Reeves and is made to look like Keanu Reeves. And he's got, like, a cyber arm and he's got, uh, like, nice shades. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why that made me so happy, but, like, here's, I'm going to show my sister a couple images of, of him. Oh my god, this is the best thing I've ever seen. There's been this, like, weird... I've loved Keanu Reeves for a long time. Ever since ever since I heard when he did The Matrix, and I heard that he donated a lot of his money to the um, to, to the, uh, the, the, FX, the VFX crew. Yeah, because like, they're the ones who made the movie. Yeah, and I've always... And I've never seen him as, like, a bad... I, I've liked him in everything he's been, and I never... They had this whole bad actor thing, and I think it mostly came out of that Dracula movie he was in. But he clearly was directed <laughs> to be well, that way. And the thing is, he's always been the right sort of actor for yeah. the project he's in. Yeah, and, and he clearly just does things that he enjoys. Like, when he did the 47 Ronin, and he did, like, he... or And he his new thing is just, like like, playing villains in movies that he's the producer of like when he, he like when he's like what tai chi master or something and he's also a 50 year old man you somewhere floating around the age of 50 <laughs> don't come at me internet yeah he is an approximate 50 year old man who still is an action star and does not an insignificant amount of his own stunts yeah well and it, so this is sort of like keanu revisance is what i'm gonna call it um <laughs> Or, like, he appeared in that um, Always Be My Maybe mm-hmm. uh, uh, romantic comedy as Keanu Reeves. Which I actually really liked. I maybe should have brought that up instead. <laughs> yeah, no, that was real good. <laughs> that was actually a really good movie. I love that guy. Oh, um... Uh, uh, the guy who plays the main guy, what is his name? He's from Fresh Off the Boat. I, I'm... Because Daniel Day Kim is the hot uh, Yeah, Daniel Day one. Kim is the and, hot one. And um, a- Amy Wong... Not Amy Wong... Amy Wong is a character from Futurama. No, but the girl is the um, the friend from American Housewife. Yeah, she she does some stand ups. I really like. Yeah, no, that was such a good show. Yeah, but you know he he because he, oh god he's he's really funny. Um, Randall Park. Yes, Ali Wong is her name. Yes, that's right. And Randall Park is like one of those consummate guest stars. Yeah. who has been on like every sitcom in the last fifteen years. He's- so funny and everything so he's in. Funny. I think he was um was he Kim Jong il in the uh that what do you call it? The um Oh, um the the dictator. The, the interview, the interview. Yeah, the interview, yes, yeah. not the dictator. No, different movie. Uh anyway, that's us talking <laughs> just talking about things you've seen recently. So various shows we like, and I will tweet all of them next week. <laughs> also I'll show you my bed. It's a good bed. I didn't want it, but I'm glad that I have it. All right, so Ryan uh, goes to see Dr. Kim. This is where we learn that she's very much on their side, it sounds like. But she can't do anything because apparently this new dean has so much power. He's also just now a staple. Whatever, this whole thing that they were doing was enough that they they created a new job. And there's no way Harp... Well, okay. I was going to say, there's no way Harper needs a dean of discipline. Really what it sounds like is Dr. Kim was just like, I don't want to be involved in this. So here's a third party. To be fair... 
Jess overdosed. Jess's boyfriend sold all them drugs. Yeah, but that is that was entirely that's that was entirely unrelated to like Marissa or Ryan. That's true. It just happened at her house. These, these kids have been doing this for a long time. Because remember, um, Julie mentioned that some kid was selling pot, and that's why they ha- they donated to the school. So Ryan and Marissa were just the breaking point, I guess. Uh, maybe. Uh, she's going to have to talk to uh, Dean Jack. Sidebar. Seth visits Summer, who's lying on her bed in sorrow, and he's like, hey, I'm hungry. And she's like, I'm sick. I'm sick of senior year being terrible. And he's like, so lunch? They rang on Ta- Taylor Townsend a little bit, and I'm just like, ah, still kind of on her side. But then we have some fun banter about how um, Summer knows who Carl Rove is because she watches CNN when yeah. she picks up her stepmother. Summer only has two activities, shopping and sunbathing. But then Seth's like, but you also have God-given rage <laughs> and the help of Marissa Cooper, you probably could steal the social committee. And Summer's like, oh, I will. Right now. And Seth's like, no, no, now we have lunch. Yeah. But he does not get lunch. Oh. Speaking of lunch, I guess. So Jimmy's client just apparently just sits around in this bar forever. It doesn't seem like he actually They did expects- not have a meeting. No, Jimmy just arrives there and, he's- and his client is still in that chair. And he's like, oh, I thought you'd run away from here right back to Hawaii, Jimmy Cooper. And Jimmy's like... Nay, nay, I did not. Instead, what I need is, uh, ooh, boy, I need more money. May you give me $10,000 because my 100, daughter... 100000 100000 Why do I keep saying 10000 <laughs> Am I, I a poor? Is 10000 the most amount of money I that can is, imagine? Oh, that is a lot of money. 100000 is also a lot of money. Anyway, he's like, my daughter, she needs help. If you do, um, she does not. But okay. If you do this, uh, this will get. Uh, this will means you'll also get more money. You'll you'll get the money. If if you want your money, then help you'll have me, to me save my daughter. They'll get you your money. And the guy's like, dude, just sell your boat. Well, he can't because his because the bank owns Slow Dance apparently. Anyway, Jimmy has no one else he can borrow money from. He can only. I mean. Don't get me wrong, it's not good that Jimmy's borrowing money from everyone, but the fact that he goes up to the guy he already owes money to, and is apparently he like the crutch on his back, and is like, hey, give me more? I guess he's too ashamed of the fact that he sucks at life, so he can't ask his rich friend, Sandy. <laughs> Although Sandy would be like, don't bribe the school. Yeah, he is so... Jimmy's so bad. Jimmy, what happened to the cool you kind of had once? <laughs> How did this happen? All right, well, Ryan and Marissa are going to head in to see the new Dean, and he sucks. So they walk in. Ryan's like, hello, may we make a good impression, please? And he's like, no. Absolutely not. This doesn't concern you, Ryan. Sit your butt down. (laughs) And he is so sure that he knows Marissa. Marissa's like, may I tell you about myself? And he's like, no. I already know everything about you, because other people told me. The one thing I like about Newport, because I've only been here for three weeks, is gossip. Yeah, so he's he's heard that uh, Marissa overdosed in Tijuana, and he heard about the shoplifting. And, and he, he heard that she met Bolivar Trask. And I'm like, okay, here's the thing. Uh, the overdosing and the shoplifting are things that other people at this school have 100% done. Yeah. And Marissa's like, yeah, did do those things, but... Unrelated to the shooting thing. And uh, as you may know, 
went to therapy, dealt with my issues, was protecting my boyfriend. They actually never mentioned the ball of her chastity, and I'm really happy about it, because you clearly what like, I would hate if he's like, and also once you were held at gunpoint, clearly your fault. <sighs> the thing is, like, a normal educator would be like, okay, you've had a lot of issues. <laughs> Maybe not kicking you out of school and telling you that you are a bad person. The part, Can we talk about these things? What have you done? The part that infuriates me the most is when he's when he's like, and then you come in, in here and you don't even have a bit of remorse in you. Like she should come in wearing a black veil, like all like covered in tear stains all the time. Because he's he's like, you're not you're not acting in the way that I think you should act. Which means his master's degree was Sucks. useless. <laughs> Sucks. And and she's like, I don't have remorse. And I mean like yeah, she in her, like she she has accepted that she did it to save Ryan's life. And that's the way she has come to terms with her actions. And she's not wrong. Like at because least Because Trey, like, Trey from, was Trey yeah. would have killed him. Trey would have. Well, I mean, here's the thing. We don't know and we don't need to know because at that moment it seemed like he was going and maybe yeah, he would have let go at some point. Maybe but he would have backed off, but, but we don't know that. Yeah, nobody knows that. <laughs> so God, this guy sucks as an educator so much. Well, even worse of that, after Marissa does her shouting and storms off. She doesn't even shout. She just like. Oh, yeah. She talks firmly in his yeah. general direction. Yeah, he's like, you're not even remorseful. He's like, I'm not remorseful. And I, I saved I, my boyfriend's life. Uh, she doesn't mention that. And I think she should have. But whatever. She's, she's a teenager. And she's upset because he's like, don't you feel bad? And she's like, I did feel bad. Now I don't feel bad because I had to. Once she leaves, Ryan's like, oh, I better go after her. And he's like, yes, run after her. Because once I'm done with her, she'll never set foot in the school again. Whoa. And I'm doing an evil laugh, but he literally says that. There's a, there's a, well, there's also a moment where, where he's like, I tried really hard to get you out of school as well. I hate that you're here too. To what end? He doesn't even know why, these kids. Why does he hate these kids so much? Oh, God. Oh, my God. So uh, there's a little scene where um, Seth and Summer are talking to each other, and Seth kind of suggests, that still, Summer, Summer, you cannot out Taylor Taylor. Just Summer her. And then Ryan does some sulking. Yeah, that's pretty much the entire thing. Uh, so then we have another gross scene. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy is like, hey, I got the money. And Julie's like, cool. Wait, I don't need the money anymore. Actually, you know what I do? Marissa was a Marissa. But I could use this money to pay all my employees that I have not paid since Caleb died. They haven't been paid for months. The fact that they are around at all is honestly impressive and says something about the way that Caleb treats his employees. However, Caleb's will sucks if there's not, like, a provision to keep paying his, like, household expenses. Well, the will hasn't been read yet. That's the thing is like it's it's been months and the will hasn't been read yet. It does feel like the summer everything just sort of paused. Yeah, this seems unreasonable, but I don't know a lot about wills. So yeah. whatever. Anyway, Jimmy is <laughs> concerned. Yeah. Uh, well, it, they're they're just getting set up for the uh, what do you call it? The, the, the carnival? The carnival, the kickoff carnival. Um, Taylor's busy tailoring, which is you know getting everything ready to go, and then in comes summer. Who summers it? Summer the way the summer summers it. Her entire plan is essentially to be like, hey, that's a cool plan that you have, Taylor. What if we did different things? And all and all these girls in the social committee are like, yeah, different things. And it probably would have been 
better if someone had been like okay so at one point she does say instead of um auction or doing a raffle for an, an SUV. suv gus guzzler why yeah. can't we do a hybrid that one's cool. cool yeah but the rest of her ideas are what if we had this thing i like yeah she, she, she just she just comes and is like hey what if we also have a chocolate fountain and what if we also like what if we canceled this uh, this group of improvisers i think they were and I, it doesn't give a, a doesn't like give a replacement for them just says let's not have them oh no that is Seth's idea because oh, right. he hates them. That's that's true, right? Sorry, shenanigans. Yeah, but but they but all these all these weird social community girls turn on Taylor with, with the barest amount of effort, which makes me think they hate Taylor. And here's the reason I think they hate Taylor. I think she makes them do work. I think so too. And so I think there's like we just wanted to be on the social committee so we could plan fun parties, but we actually have to like set stuff up. We don't want to do fun parties. We just want to plan them. Like I remember when uh, uh was it Marissa and some are walking towards the thing. The people who were putting up the posters are two guys. So I feel like when Marissa was the chair, she just asked her friends and like the football guys to put up the posters. But but. I, I can imagine Taylor just being like, we don't need them to do it. Like, you people can put stuff up. Like, you can do that. They're like, what? Yeah, the thing with this scene <laughs> is they don't actually show us that Summer's ideas are better than Taylor's. No, it just seems like these social committee girls are really mean to Taylor. Oh, man. Oh, so bad. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, but, I mean, I should have known because the episode was, like, not that close like, there wasn't enough time, but I yeah. was like, but how will Summer do these ideas? They just do them. They just do them. It's They just fine. do them. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sandy arrives at Lake Arrowhead, and he gets an immediate evil eye from Charlotte lurking in the woods. So he evil eyes her back, and he's like, so I see you stole my wife, huh? <laughs> you should be with her kids, but Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte's exact wording is, I've been around this track so many times. But then Charlotte knows exactly how to manipulate Sandy, because she goes... Look, Kirsten's problem is she always has to be the perfect wife, the perfect daughter, the perfect mother. Do you really want to sacrifice her recovery by making her be the perfect ex re, the perfect ex addict? Well, I yeah, well, she's, she's like, that's the energy. Yeah, yeah, that's essentially the energy she's trying to put out. And Sandy falls for that. Do you think there's going to be a scene where Sandy goes back to the rehab place and talks to the doctor about Charlotte, and he's like, "No, you can't. She can't be with Charlotte. Charlotte's a serial killer or something." I hope so, but probably not. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's going to be the twist scene is where he goes and talks to the doctor. The doctor's like, why didn't you talk to me? Like, what? What? That's what happened? And then Sandy's like, why didn't you make a recovery plan? Anyway, uh, Charlotte's also super pissed when uh, Kirsten and Sandy kiss. It's it's very, it's very, very weird. Very daggerful. So, short scene, Ryan goes to Marissa at home. And he's like, hey, come to the carnival with me. And she's like, absolutely not. And then he's like... Here's all my plans to get you back into the school. She's like, stop doing that. She's like, absolutely not, Ryan. I don't need you to protect me or her, or help me now, and I didn't need it then. Like, but you protected me. And uh, the fact that they didn't talk about anything ever comes <gasps> to a crux. Oh my god, it snowballed. The issue has snowballed, just like, just like the old Seth woman said. Now, to be fair, both of their points are correct, and if they had talked about it literally ever before, they'd be fine. And and here's the thing: as much as it is, them, they, them doing this right now, then they just talk about it, and then they kind of deal with it. But like you know, it escalates. Yeah. Marissa 
wants Ryan to understand that she knows what she did and she knows it was bad. Yeah. And she's come to term with terms with it and she'll accept the repercussions. And Ryan kind of reveals that he is not ready to accept the repercussions of what he did. Yeah. Because he kind of feels like because he went to his brother. Yeah. That is why his brother got shot. And now it is his fault that his brother left. Because they both believe it is their fault. But then Marissa's like, oh, so you're saying it's my fault. And Ryan's like, no. Oh, no, I'm saying it's my fault. And Marissa's like, no, 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 it's my fault. It's these two people, these two sweet idiots looking at each other going, no, it's my fault. I did a bad. No, I did a bad. <laughs> I did the bad. Stop saying you did a bad. I did a bad. No, I wasn't saying that you did the bad. I was saying that I did the bad. I'm trash. <laughs> Don't you understand? I love you. I'm trash. Off they storm into the daylight. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's not nighttime yet. Uh, okay, uh, this is this is sorry, this is just a continuation of the thing that these girls clearly hate Taylor because Summer gets a high five at, from the uh, social committee girls, and they're like, "We're so glad you finally took down Taylor." Finally, which makes me once again feel like they, she made them do work, and, and they, they hate did it. Not like it. None of these girls seem good. Good? <laughs> no, no. Now, to be fair, it has been twelve hours, and Summer did complete all of her plans. So Summer may be a good social committee chair. Well, I think this is. I think she because remember she got Marissa's binder. I think this is also if Marissa had planned. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, because that's the scene where she's talking to Seth that she's looking through Marissa's binder. So we have a very short scene where Ryan's just moping in the pool with his feet in the pool. And he's like, Sandy, I talked to Marissa. And Sandy's like, yeah, I talked to Kirsten. Did you just want to fix things? And Ryan's like, yeah, I just wanted to fix things. And Sandy's like, sometimes we can't. We just got to listen. And Ryan's like, oh. I just have to listen. It's actually a really unfortunate scene in some ways because, Ryan, yeah, you do have to, like, talk things to her and listen to her and, like, actually have that conversation. But, Sandy, you need to get her away from Charlotte. This is not... Like, Sandy, I think you're right, but Charlotte is a bad. Uh, so Jimmy and Julie go to a fancy dinner. And they spend a lot of money. And Julie's like, I thought we were going to have, like, Taco Bell tonight. But Jimmy is so bad with money. He's just like, no, it's a fancy dinner. I'm broke. You're broke. Whatever. Julie likes Taco Bell and beer. She likes it. Well, it's like, Jimmy, you couldn't just... Oh, my God. Anyway, the reason this is happening, I guess... Is because Jimmy's going to propose to her again yeah, he with re- the same ring. Man, he really wants that inheritance. Jimmy... All right, Marissa's down at the old lifeguard station. And in comes Ryan, and they hold some hands, and they make up. Talk about their feelings. Ryan talks about how he was always afraid he was going to screw up what he had here, and then he screwed it up. And Marissa's like, no, dude, I screwed it up. I love you. And Ryan's like, hey, dude, I love you, too. We're both trash. We did it. (laughs) Together. Alright, uh, let's head over to the kickoff carnival where Taylor <laughs> takes a moment while talking to Summer to taunt her about Marissa. The thing is... This, this is what I mean about Taylor, like, something like, Taylor... <laughs> I love Taylor, but you need to stop. Well, I, I, I part of me just like, Taylor is taking every win she can get, because she does not get them much. And at this point, she's like, oh, well, I guess this went okay, but it's too bad Marissa can't be here. <sighs> And someone's some like, well, she will be here. <laughs> and then she walks she off. She is. <laughs> Can I say that, like, this is the moment that makes me feel bad for, for Taylor. 
Marissa walks up to someone and goes like, Summer, you did such a good job setting up the kickoff carnival. And I'm like, what? And Taylor hears that. <laughs> like, what? what? Summer literally comes in, made, added a couple changes, and apparently now she gets all the credit. I'm like, I... <laughs> I'm amazed that Taylor has not shattered into a million pieces and is now just killing people. Well, you watch her face twist and her face real twists. <laughs> like, I, it's, it's such this crazy dick move. And the thing is, yes, Taylor is kind of annoying. <laughs> but she doesn't deserve, like, I feel so bad for her. Just that moment where Marissa's like, Summer, you did all the work. You did. You did this, Summer. Great job, Summer. I'm so proud of you, Summer, that you did this. Although, to be fair, did Marissa not also have contracts with vendors? Like, did Marissa and Taylor have contracts with the same vendors for the same events? I don't know if they actually had contracts. This is the thing I don't know. Marissa says she has contracts. Well, maybe Taylor did also have... Who knows? So maybe the vendors were just like, uh-huh, teenagers are dumb. Two different think, girls contacted us. It's fine. I think Taylor assumed the same thing she did all the time, which is that Taylor would set it up, then Marissa would come in the last day, panic about having to do it in one day, and get her friends to help. So I, <laughs> I think... The reason, the, the fact that that uh, Marissa actually has been kind of lounging around all summer, like she's been obviously been mentally. No, she has the whole binder with contracts. That's, she's that's been what, doing. That's it. That's what I mean. That's she, that's what she's been doing during oh, summer instead of doing other stuff. Yeah, like Got like it. like while she was freaking out about this whole tray thing, she's actually been setting up stuff. Meanwhile, Taylor was like, I assume she's not doing that because her, she never does that. I just. You know who I blame in this situation? The vendors. For none of them telling Taylor that they already had a contract. Yeah, I mean, clearly they just do the same thing they did for the last kickoff carnival. They yeah. just contact the same people. I, mean, I, I, I do and I bet. I bet this is what always would happen. Is that Taylor contacts them ahead of time. Marissa contacts them the day before. And this year it was just flipped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, like, oh yeah, no, Taylor, I know about that. And then they get the call from Marissa. Yeah, we, yeah, we know. And Marissa's like, of course you know. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> anyway, we have a very dramatic scene where Kirsten discovers Charlotte crying by the lake, very far away from the house. The moonlight shining down upon her in, like, a silver... Like, silk dressing gown. It's very, uh, staged. And Charlotte's like, oh... Kirsten, Just, I have so many secrets. When I saw you with Sandy and I knew that like, that you had him to help you, I just couldn't. And then she pulls out this drink. I haven't done it yet, but... But I might. Kirsten, what will I do when you go home? What's going to happen when you leave? I don't want to be alone. I'll be all alone and I can't, Kirsten. Remember when Charlotte's, I can't. Remember when Charlotte's like, don't worry, Kirsten, I'll help you. Well, Kirsten's like, don't worry, Charlotte. I'll help you. I'll be here until you're ready for me to leave. And then Kirsten takes away that Mickey of grain alcohol. And heads back upstairs. And then Charlotte's like, all right. Wipes away her tears, pulls out a flask, and takes a drink. Hello, our new sociopathic friend. This is why I'm pretty sure she just trolls rehab looking for hookups. Oh, oh, Charlotte. All right, let's wrap this up because the kids are on a Ferris wheel. It all seems happy. So fun, so cute. (laughs) Until in storms our new best friend, Dean, 
Jack Hess. Well, you see, Taylor uh, took a cue card from Dr. Kim and decided to snitch. And Dean Jack Hess physically (laughs) attacks Marissa. And, like, grabs her so much that it hurts because she is all bones. And he just wants to physically remove her from this carnival that I assume the public can attend. I also assume that that he can't just, like, he's a... Okay, I'm sorry, you cannot touch a student. You (laughs) cannot physically remove a child. And if anyone's going to do it, we see their security. Secure, like, if, if, if she was causing, if... If he asks her to leave and then she starts causing a problem, then security can step in. But she's not. She's just like, like, hold on. I don't want it. And then he just grabs her. And he's like, and Ryan's like, she's my guest. Like I can bring anyone I want. He's like, no, no, you can't. Stop. And he's like pulling her away. And then, oh, Ryan. <laughs> well, she's, oh, Ryan. At this point, she's like crying and she's, screaming. She's because, physically in pain. Because, he, because this man is a full-grown adult and she is a waif. And he is assaulting her. He is assaulting a child. And so Ryan does what Ryan does and punches him so hard in the face. And then Dean Jack has like, ha ha, my <laughs> deepest like, dreams have come true. His nose is bleeding and he's like, I thought I would have to. Hold on a second. Oh, you punched so hard for a kid. I thought I'd have to fight to get you out of the school. But, but now you punched me in the face. And now I can expel you because I was assaulting your girlfriend. Jack S. wins. If I ever see either of you two children on these school grounds again, I will shoot you, I guess. Well, that's when you see the security and I'm like... <laughs> we saw the security so, before, though. There's so much wrong here. <laughs> and then Taylor steps up behind him, and then Marissa looks at Taylor, and Taylor looks at Marissa. And then I became a little worried that he was sleeping with Taylor. I became, I, I, okay, man, why does your mind always go there? I thought he was going to reveal that he, that she was his daughter. No, her dad owns the car dealership. I, I know. I thought it was going to be like an uncle. Like, it was going to be some relation, because I thought she was going to be like, thanks, uncle, or something like that. I don't know. Okay, I have watched the OC. Children sleep with adults all the time. <laughs> Still like how you're always like, oh my god, those people are so close to each other. They're having sex. Okay, I was not wrong. <laughs> Alice and Chad Michael Murray were definitely having sex. I yeah, but that's not an that's not an adult and a child. There's two adults who are allowed to do that. Well, I think Taylor is sleeping with Doctor Jack. I, once again, I was never fighting you on whether or not Alice was sleeping with Chad Michael Murray. I was fighting you on the fact that you also thought he was um, I Charles. I think he was secretly Charles. Yeah, I'm still. He's not Charles. No, I know he's not Charles. But now I'm like, but Cheek said he murdered Charles. So who did Cheek murder? Just some dude named Charles. I honestly think that just getting getting Cheek, exactly the time of the Riverdale though. I think like like them getting Cheek was just the most me- like the most it was just mistake, like a big mistake that anybody ever could have. Because <laughs> Cheek like, once had a roommate who was named Charles Smith. Well, yeah, Charles Smith. What a crazy, unique name. Anyway, I don't remember the OC season three. I remember one thing, and it's Kevin Voilechuk, and I can't wait until he comes. And also that I love Taylor. But I do think Taylor is sleeping with Dr. Jack Hess. Dean Jack Hess. Not a doctor. He is a master's, and he is a monster. (laughs) 
So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. The other episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic rode on a Ferris wheel to the height of fun, only to de- descend and be greeted by the specter of drama in the form of a dean? Okay. I did. All right. And my CW moment is that dumb... Well, I mean, I guess, I guess it adds, like, atmosphere... That dumb scene where Jimmy spends money like it's water so he can propose to Julie with the same ring he proposed to her with 20 years ago. Yeah, like, I like, I think it just goes to prove how bad Jimmy is the money. He literally is $100,000 more into debt and is like, let's do a fancy dinner. But I think it's hilarious that he didn't spend money on a new ring. But he did spend money on a fancy dinner when Julie wanted Taco Ju- Bell. Yeah, and I'm sure that would have still been just as romantic. If so he cute. They Marissa- had their tacos on the pier. Because and- Marissa wasn't there. Well, I mean, once again, it's, it seems very clear that Jimmy does not know how to deal with Julie if it's not in a wealthy, like, s- mode, I guess. And I, I genuinely think the scene didn't actually add any new stakes no, to he, his situation. Yeah, because the stakes was from... This just shows him being an idiot. But we already know he's an idiot because we watched the TV show. I know, it just clarifies even like, more. It added nothing. No. It just gave us more drama. Oh my god, Jimmy Cooper has spent more money. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Cooper's an idiot. Kevin? No chill. No chill. No chill. Kevin, did you find a CW moment? I did, and it's right at the end. And it's uh, it's just a weird... I guess it's going to be a character thing, but it's a weird thing. So it's... After uh, Charlotte does her whole, like, um, you know, I'm... I'm what, don't leave me. Don't leave me. Mm-hmm. I'm, my name is Bolivar Trask now. <laughs> uh, man, they're just giving Kirsten a Bolivar Trask. They really are. They really are. And that just draws more parallels about how Kirsten never got to be a teenager, so she's doing it now. She's getting it now. Um, <laughs> the the fact that after, like, I thought that after she left, she was going to just wipe off and just give a smile. The fact that she, they also like, oh, but, and not only that, she is drinking. And, and I'm she like, doesn't what? care. I'm like, she doesn't need to also still be an alcoholic for me to think she's a trash person. It's just this weird additional thing for them to add on. And would it have been cooler if she was actually never really an alcoholic? It was just like a means to an end. <laughs> Once again, that she trolls rehab looking for hookups. Yeah, maybe better. I mean, just because she's still drinking does not mean she doesn't troll rehab. She does say she That's keeps true. going in and out. She just wants pretty blonde girls. I don't. Yeah, I don't know why they had to also show that, oh, and also, she is still drinking. It's that weird, Ooh. it's that weird, it'd be like you punch someone, it's, it's a king someone when they're on the ground. Like, ooh. Look at how bad she can be. <laughs> yeah, look, look at that. Like, no, I already think she's trash, I already think she's manipulative. I don't need more. Well, as is, well, she's one of the two monsters we met, we mentioned at the beginning, her and... Our good friend, <laughs> Dean Jack Hess. Jack Hess. Uh, Jack S. Someday I'll tell you my last name. Oh, you'll never know. <laughs> it's me, who just hates children for no reason. Yeah, let's make it clear: the only he's he's never been there before. He just hates. 
I I think he just has a fundamental misunderstanding of kids to the point where he's he seems like he's just like an angry boomer who who's like why are these kids not exactly what I want them to be? And the thing is, to be an educator, you need to always see the best in your most challenging children. Like yes, you have to stri- help them strive to become better. But like my favorite kids were always like the awkward like the kids who should not have been in drama and did not want to be there. Well, the, the, the and like the thing about them. the thing about like education especially is that the the kids who are having trouble people giving up on them is the way that they get worse and like and yes sometimes it is real bad and you have to do a little more extreme things but <laughs> no kid is in, intrinsically garbage or intrinsically unrecoverable like you can save any kid if you actually care about helping like their cognitive and emotional development, which obviously Dean Jack Hess does not. It's just crazy that he essentially is like a nuclear bomb dropped on the school that is, that is not actually having that many problems. Uh, yeah, he was unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, Marissa shot a kid. <laughs> no, shot a man. Marissa shot a grown man. Who was trying to murder her boyfriend. And who, from his own admission, was, was trying doing it. Because mur- he recanted his testimony. <laughs> yeah. He said, Marissa shot me because I was trying to kill Ryan. Like, I am not surprised that all the parents of these, like, rich kids were, like, were not paying attention to the fact that she did it to help them. They're just like, oh, my God, she picked up a gun. But the job of the educator is to be like, here are these extenuating... <laughs> it's, it's to be like, shut your mouth. Yeah. You know what? She did a wrong act, but she did it for a right reason. So now let's teach her how to do right acts <laughs> let's for make, right reasons. Let's make sure she doesn't keep shooting people. Ugh. Make sure she doesn't go vigilante on us. We already have one of those. And it's uh, Caitlin Cooper. <laughs> what? No! You know who the vigilante is. The OC. The OC. Caitlin Cooper's not a vigilante. She runs a boy fight club. But she's going to be Arrow's sister. <laughs> yeah, but right now she runs a boy fight club, Aaron. I guess they can't see the future. Yeah, just like when Julie was talking about bribing the school officials and didn't realize... If you if you can't do, if you can't be ultra rich, you're going to get arrested. She didn't know what would happen in twelve years. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's uh, this is episode of the OC and Mystery Size and Abs. So if you liked it, you should give us a rating, a review, subscription, tell your friends about it. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Play. And please talk to us on social media. Social media about social meads. Give us them social meads about how like actually kind of timely this episode is um it's all podcast moa podcast moa and if you want to give us more thoughts that's podcast moa podcast moa at gmail.com and we will see you next week for more o c will ryan and marissa ever get back into harper school can Jimmy pay back his client? Will Taylor Townsend ever get the recognition she deserves? Answers all this and more next episode of Mystery Osiris and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>